Welcome to Over the Bar, a podcast about U.S. soccer. You could not write a script like this. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? DK! Weston McKinney puts the U.S. back on level terms. We're your hosts, Sumer Shamla, Noah Barnes, Nick Mansky. Boys, get your beers. Over the bar. Over the bar. Over the bar. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the long-awaited return of the Over the Bar podcast. As always, I am your host, Noah. I'm joined here with me today by my lovely co-host, Sumer. It is good to be back, my friend. How are you doing on this fine evening? Noah. No, it's great to be back. We've missed you. We've missed the, the fam for sure. Um, Noah, are you doing all right? I know you had a little bit of a, a tough spell there with with the uh, unfortunate virus that's hitting us. Are yeah. you doing all right? Oh, well, I'm doing I'm doing decent. Uh, recovering now. Yeah, uh, we've been, you know, podcast has been out of commission for a couple of weeks. You know, people have been, know. been on vacation, everything like that. And I did I did go down with COVID, but uh, it, uh, we're, we're bouncing back. We're bouncing we're back. back. Hopefully, you know, just in time to start the uh, Bounce it back just in time for the international break to be over, more or less. You know, got to see the the, the boys, the Liverpool boys play this weekend and the weekend before. Not to any uh, great success, but, you know, seeing our Americans back in club action is always a good thing for me, too. So that's yeah, been helpful. But Liverpool was not helping you at all um, as of recent to you know, really no. feel better. Uh, the Patriots weren't helping you. The Revs aren't really helping you um i'm a phillies fan though that's what i've been got going for me you and i are both yeah. or i don't know about you i know you're located in philly now Samara, but are you uh you, you a big baseball guy yourself yeah i mean i'm supporting them we're all watching it in the office we had it on today turned it on in the ninth inning oh oh it was a tough they're ninth inning today, but they're i thought they were not a huge baseball guy but you know october hits different a little bit you know oh, I'll, it, it I'll watch a game in october or something like that maybe so go Phillies. yeah hey. they're giving you well, uh, in terms of club sports for you, I mean, your club soccer team has been doing all right. Thanks to, thanks to the help of an American this past weekend. Uh, vamos, Christian Pulisic. Christian finally playing Pulisic. a little bit. Finally, finally playing. doing well. Finally playing, finally back on the score sheet. Um, a lot of Americans actually doing well this weekend, I would say. There have been a lot of Americans, yeah. Um, kind of leading into, I think we're going to talk a little bit about today, Sumer. As of late, you know, we, we've seen, uh, I think, an emergence so far this season of, of a lot of guys at club level uh, succeeding, namely the strikers, um, I think is, is, is where a lot of the conversation has been heading over the past couple of weeks or so. Our strikers uh, tearing it up at the, at the club level prior to the most recent international break. And then, you know, Ricardo Pepe, Josh Sargent jumping right back in for club level uh, today where they left off. We got guys like Jesus Ferreira. You know, still scoring, still still bagging goals and bagging assists. And Brandon Vasquez jumping into the MLS too with three goal or three assists this weekend and a goal. Uh, you know, American strikers doing really well. American players doing pretty well at the club level. I don't know. Is is that what you're seeing, Samir? Oh, for sure. There's definitely a recent wave of striker performances definitely being pretty high. Um, it is interesting to talk about in terms of what we will get into, maybe how that relates to the national team. Um, a lot of these successful runs here, they're not like brand new to the players, but they're pretty, you know, they, they haven't been, been consistent all of 2022. And so now they're starting to come, which is beautiful, you know, especially with the timeline coming, you really want these players in top, top form, all of our players, but you know, would have loved to have potentially had some of this earlier and I don't know, just using it in a World Cup qualifying in, you know, throughout the summer, but it, regardless of the fact it is beautiful to see some of the positions like striker really starting to have a lot of players blossom at many different levels. Oh, for sure. And and I think kind of what you're alluding to there for a little bit is, is um, you know, we see all this. It feels like a lot of time we see these pretty top level player performances, um, you know, at their clubs. And yet as of late, it, it's the boys have found it a little difficult to translate that club success be that, you know, goal scoring or, or top level defending or whatever it may be uh, to translate that club success to the national team. 
And all you have to do is, is look back at the recent window that we had. You know, we've got all these guys scoring goals in their leagues. You know, all of our strikers scoring, all of our midfielders playing pretty well for the most part. And, and yet, when we, you know, put it together as a national team, over this past window, it didn't look pretty good. Uh, it, it looked actually pretty, pretty bad at some points. And, and it begs the question a little bit, okay, what is going on where do you think it is a case of, of guys underperforming for the national team comparatively? Or, or where, where would you like to see, you know, kind of this conversation go, I guess, from there? I mean, there always is blame on two parts. You know, there always will be, there always will be, you know, parts of players' games that needs to improve on their own, as well as, you know, coaching tactics and techniques that can allow these players to thrive more. Like you said, so many of these players are playing at, you know, strong European levels and in the, a few of them in the MLS. But when they come to, when, when they bring it in, it's not as fluid as we'd want it to be. You know, you have a team of talented players all over the place. And I think at times they, they show well, like, you know, you think about the times against Mexico in some of the World Cup qualifying matches and, um, you know, Granada, obviously, you know, just there's been times where this team has excelled, but not very consistently and struggled uh, more, I'd say, than success. So, yeah, it, for me, it you know, I'm very curious and ha- always have been as to why, like we're going to talk about, some of these players come in here. Is it because they're system-based players for their clubs and, you know, they're just not the same for the national team that runs a completely different system? Or is it the coaching that these players are being given when coming into camp and it just not allowing them to succeed as they do in the national, I mean, with their club teams? Because we have so many players, Blissick at high levels, you think about Aaron's at high levels, you think about, you know, Weston, Tyler. You're talking about like strong club, like players. But when they come to the national team, there are times more than less that it just doesn't work as we want it to. So I think it's a very interesting discussion that we're going to have about kind of, you know, maybe some reasons as to why that is. Definitely. Um, and, and I think, you know, to kind of preface the, this discussion a little bit, I think there's a couple things that we can rule out too. Um, and, and it is a bit bizarre, you know, so, well, I'll, I'll go to, to, you know, the uniqueness of a national team first. Um, obviously a national team, you get very limited time as a coach or, you know, as a player pool to, to really gel and to have the sort of chemistry that you would be able to develop in a club season with club teammates. So some drop off in, you know, performance and fluidity, I think is to be expected regardless of the national team, regardless of, you know, the, the player pool or whatnot. Um, I think there's also a level of, of expectation that I think potentially goes along with this, with this side being the, being the aforementioned golden generation, which I don't necessarily think is, is completely accurate, but I think, you know, there's some pressure with this side. So, so that, that comes into the, the very unique mold that is the national team. Um, but that being said, I think when you see so much of a drop off at so often, there are questions that can be asked. I mean, it's like we're, we're saying this as if, it's, as if it's like players are coming to the national team and, and like severely underperforming and, and the national team's been dreadful. I mean, we are going to the World Cup. We're, we're doing all these things correctly. We won last summer. But I don't know. Am I, are, is, this, is this an overreaction? based on one bad window for you or, or is this kind of something that you've kind of noticed as well that like the chronic underperforming? No, I think that the underperforming has been going on throughout World Cup qualifying, throughout friendlies, you know, throughout the summer. Um, I don't think this is just this one last camp. I think this is just a pile on from some of some other poor camps. I will have to say, you know, a large part in what you talked about national team drop off, for me to get off from the start, you know, a portion of this comes down to uh, player selection and the players on the field. I think we have lots of good players, right? But when you pair them with maybe players who don't allow them to perform at the same level as they do with their clubs, like when you combine just, you know, players who don't fit well, I don't, you know, if you want to say the, the center backs or, or Acosta or you put Ariola next to, you know, Peppies, how you know these players don't all play at the same level. So when you combine some of them, 
it doesn't work. And it may not be the coaching straight up. It may not be the tactics of pressing or how we want to build out or whatnot. It may just be you're combining Christian Pulisic next to, you know, Jesse Zardes and asking them to like work fluidly like he does at Chelsea. That's never going to happen. You know, that's just a random example I'm giving, but that's just a point I wanted to make about, you know, a portion of this underperforming to me comes down to the selection of players on the field. No, that, that's that's a completely fair point. Uh, for you, is it mostly, you know, especially looking at it recently, for you, is, is that is that is that poor selection because, you know, we simply don't have the, the caliber of player that maybe we think we do or or. Are there guys that have been left out for you? I mean, as, as a general concept, we don't have to get into specifics, but is it more so, you know, the right guys not getting the right call-ups for you? I mean, in, in my opinion, a little bit, yes, the right players not getting the call-ups. A little bit, the right players being there but not being used at the same times. Like, there have been times that I've been very happy with camp rosters. Pretty happy with camp rosters. Pretty happy with, like, 19 out of like whatever like let's say like 23 pretty happy with the majority of the roster but not seeing that same majority playing when i want them to having a mixture of this and a mixture of that and i'm not seeing what i want to see and it's like repetitive almost mm-hmm. with okay he made this one tweak but then he made this other tweak and it's like well i just want to see you know a fluid starting 11 i don't want to see two players of your you know captain's favorites you know always on the team at all times it just, I feel like sometimes adds, you know, fuels them not to be able to succeed at the level I want them to. Um, so a little bit of both, I would say. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I think I tend to agree with you there that like uh, player selection is certainly an issue that, that I think has impacted the level that the U.S. have played at, to a certain degree. Um, you know, I think we get perhaps this discussion by saying you know, we're talking mostly about recent friendlies and, and World Cup qualifying, but you could you could extend this, you know, player discussion conversation or player selection conversation all the way back to when this team was, you know, at least results wise succeeding for me. You know, player selection has always been something that that I think this US Federation has struggled with over this past cycle. And part of it has been, you know, especially as of recent, I think I think you can make an argument that injuries play a role too, but there is there is certainly something to what you're saying where it'd be it, you, you don't have a consistency of base talent throughout this team and so when that consistency is dropped even further by by you know poor selection issues or not getting all your your potentially most cohesive pieces on the field at the same time i think yes you can absolutely expect to drop off and i, I think you make a very good point there um I do wonder, you know, how, because players are, are able to, you know, and other national teams are able to play with players not on their level as well. And I think the U.S. is still in a, in a potentially interesting spot where as a developing soccer nation in, in, in some ways, you know, all our, our, our players aren't on the same level. We, we have a disparating number of, of top level players versus like, okay, average level, good level players. Um, I don't know what other reasons I, I'm, I'm trying to think what other reasons could be for this, this drop in quality, because I think you can only go so far with player selection, but I do think you make a good point there. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that the next kind of point to hit, I don't know if there's any other, you know, reasons as to why, I mean, obviously player selection other than we named besides going into like coaching tactics and the tactics that are being given to the players. Um, you think about someone like Aronson and Reyna, who play a lot of their game centrally, um, but we don't play them always centrally. So you think about, you know, that's just one thing off the top of my head. Um, you think about asking individuals such as our center backs to perform at a level not in, not, not in their capability in terms of playing the ball out of the back and, and build out, that's going to lead to failure. That's that to me is, you know, coaching tactics and not understanding, you know, okay, fine. You're going to play certain players on the field. I don't care. I mean, it's what you, no matter what, but don't ask them. This has been a topic many times. And I think this is why this is a big part as to why certain players don't perform as well with us is because we're asking them to do things they're not capable of. He wants to play a specific way, you know, 
out of the back. And then also up top, you're asking them to play specific ways that maybe, I don't know. I mean, I'm mainly focusing on the center backs there. I won't jump onto the attack just yet. But a large part of it is asking players to do things that they're not very good at and mm-hmm. um, trying to force something onto them. I, I, I think that's the main the main thing here. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of got on my, on my high horse a little bit after this most recent camp kind of suggesting that because you felt like watching this most recent camp and watching the players perform that, that, that you're, you're spot on with that assessment to make. That oftentimes we're asking players, we're, we're forcing players into a role or into a system that, that doesn't, not only doesn't complement their strengths, but oftentimes exposes their weaknesses. And I think those two things go hand in hand a lot of the time when it comes to, to you know, soccer tactics, formation and everything like that. Um, I, I, I think I, there's a lot of, of criticism that can be leveled at the coaching staff, at Greg Bearhalter, at, at the Federation for kind of almost forcing square pegs in a round hole sometimes with this team. Agreed. Agreed. And I, you know, I kind of wanted to ask you on that topic, is there one player that you can think of that, you know, you can pinpoint, you know, probably being asked to do things that they weren't capable of or able to do, but you still think they're a very strong player used in the right way. I think that the biggest one for me I mean, you can say all of our strikers, I think, to a certain degree, all the players mm-hmm. that we've tried up front. And, and that, for me, comes with I mean, simply looking at the, the, the drop-off between club form and, and country form, national team form. I, the biggest, biggest drop-off between production is, is in the striker position. you got guys scoring week in, week out in, in decent-level leagues, right? Josh Sargent scoring pretty much regularly in the championship, Pepe now scoring a bunch in the air to VC, Jordan P. Fox scoring in the Bundesliga. You got guys scoring good levels, but it, but it doesn't seem to translate to, to the national team. And, and I think that's one area where is it, is it an issue of service? Is it an issue of asking too much? Is it, is it an issue of guys being put in, in incorrect roles? I think it's all three. I, I think, you know, prioritizing the fact that that this coach has spent so long prioritizing the system over the player pool and and getting the best out of the player pool at the expense of the system i think is is one of the biggest reasons for me and and you can point to the striker position as a clear example of that yeah i mean i was going to say you know a large part for these last two games saudi arabia and japan Yes, the strikers didn't play well. You know, we didn't score, obviously. So that's a large part to it. But there was no chance creation. Right. There was nothing. What did we have? One shot on target through both games? Right. There was, there was no creativity in the midfield going forward. Uh, even with someone like Pulisic on the field, how are we not finding him with the ball? Why, you think about his goal this weekend um, against Wolves. Chelsea wins the ball. Mount plays the ball out wide to him, takes on the defender, plays a one-two, and he scores. Obviously, I'm not asking like for the national team to have a player like Mount who's able to make that kind of pass, but Pulisic in space, driving. Like, why is that? How is that not something we see more often? That is not a very hard position for us to be able to, to get into, especially no. with players like Weston and um, you know Luca and players like that who are on the field against Japan. That's you know. And maybe it stems further back even than that. But I'm just saying, like, players like that who I see so easily sometimes get on the ball with Chelsea. And they're not even doing anything. Obviously, sometimes they do things that are crazy. Obviously, these teams are, you know, way above our level. But there are times that very simple things are done, like turn your head to the other side and just play the ball in space. Very, you know, very, very simple ideas. And I just don't know why we're not able to get that kind of chance creation at all in those two games. Mm-hmm. Against Saudi Arabia, we weren't able to find our wingers in space ever it felt like mm-hmm. you know why are we not driving the ball at this team this we should be i mean we were we were, i felt like we were playing some good you know balls over the top and there was a little bit more 
uh, attacking third prowess, but you know, it comes down to me in those uh, at least this last camp um, chance creation. There was nothing being created for the strikers to do much. No, I I, I think you're you're 100 spot on there. Um, I think one of the biggest myths that is often you know talked about with this U.S. team is the the concept of a striker problem. Um, you look at it kind of kind of going back to what I said earlier, like the strikers are performing and 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 it's chance creation at the end of the day. And, and so I think so much of that is there's two things. There's, there's kind of what you touched on earlier about, you know, not playing players in their preferred roles, asking players to do things where they're not particularly comfortable with, but there's also for me a, a kind of a bit of a step back from that, which is this forced, you know, rigid style of play. Um, and I, I mean rigid both in the sense of how the team looks when they're out there, which is stiff and robotic and, you know, lifeless, but also rigid in terms of there's no flexibility to how this team wants to play. Um, it's bizarre because not only is there no flexibility, it seems, but I can't even figure out a coherent style of play that this team is trying to do. It seems like there's there's a philosophy and an execution, and those two things don't necessarily line up. I don't, I, what is this team's identity? And that for me is is, is kind of what it comes down to at the end of the day. I say that for me is, is one of the funniest, hardest points um, is that I don't even understand so much what our exact strategies are. You know, I I clearly know there's an emphasis for service in the box. Um, That is one thing I, I, you know, I'm aware of, but a lot of times that service is just poor. Um, We talked about it so many times when World Cup qualifying from two top level wingers like Des and Robinson who played a majority of those games. Um, I mean, that's the tough part is like understanding how this team wants to play. Obviously we know that we do really like to press and we have, you know, trigger points that really make us go. And sometimes that's our best football is when we're pressing and winning the ball. Um, Obviously you can't do that. We're not Leeds United for 90 minutes, but you know, clearly that's an emphasis for sure. Um, But yeah, it definitely is hard to understand what is this IT team's exact mindset? Who are we trying to feed the ball through, you know, consistently? Who is our creative player to move the ball forward, you know, when when we really need it? Who is that player in the midfield? Is is it Eunice? Is it Tyler? Is it Luca? Is it Weston? Um, yeah, for me, that's one of the toughest things to understand is how exactly he's trying to go into each one of these games. No, for sure. And and feel free to disagree with me on this if you, if you do, but I, for me, anyway, watching this team, it looks like the players are kind of wondering that exact thing sometimes. Um, it feels like there's, it oftentimes the, the players don't know not only what their specific role is within the team, but what the, what the game plan is, what the style of play is, what the, the general idea is to break down an opponent and, and, you know, play within a certain game structure. It, it seems that, there's no distinct phases of play. There's no distinct, you know, methodology behind transitions, behind possession, behind te- anything really other than team defending, which I think is the one thing that this, this team has done relatively well uh, when, under, when under pressure has been able to defend, you know, well. Um, but it seems like sometimes the players are, are, are kind of having that same those same questions run through their head that you just did, which is, is how are we supposed to play right now? What is the, what is, am I supposed to be doing? And when you start thinking that as a player, right, when you start thinking, what am I supposed to be doing rather than what's my next move or like what, you know, how can I, can I best help the team or whatever it may be, you know, the positive thoughts that you think on the field. I mean, that's when you see this, this rigid and robotic style of play. It's very unfortunate that we have to deal with this. Not ideal. I wish this team was so different. Um, I'm still, you know, super happy that this team is in the World Cup. And sure. and, and at times, especially last year, all the wins over Mexico, the trophies that that, that we won, uh, you know, I will say there are times that this team really excels. Um, but, you know, the consistency and, you know, the main points of World Cup qualifying – were really a struggle sometimes to watch and poor performances and lack of being able to, you know, score the ball when he was there. You think about PFOC, you think about Ferreira versus El Salvador, 
Um, you know, you think about Pulisic versus Mexico as well. You think about so many times that like we just, you know, if those things go in, we're, we're probably talking differently, mm-hmm. you know, about this entire process right now, about if some of those things go in. And I still am super excited to see it, you know, the World Cup, but it is just tough to understand. How does this team want to play? Why does this team not have the cohesion that we expect these players to have after so long of being together? You know, Greg has been using these players all through World Cup qualifying. You know, the struggles there were fine. Okay. Not fine, but okay. First time away, whatever. You know, the players talked about it themselves. But coming into these matches here where you should be, you know, amped up to the most and performing like that against Saudi Arabia, who, come on, man. And Japan, I give them credit. It's so poor. And it just, it makes you question so much. And people want to maybe say, don't be worried, like whatever, or have faith. No, no one can tell me that you are not questioning a little bit of what's going on after these last two games. Because they're, the, they're the games we're going into the World Cup with. And that's, you know, looking poor, looking like we have no chance creation, looking like players who perform at such high levels for their club teams can't come back to us and get five clean touches. You know, Sam Vines didn't look like he, he knew what he was doing very much. Um, you know, our center backs looked like they had never passed the ball out of the back. Our, our center mids, Weston, who's supposed to be one of our elite center mids, is performing like booty. This is very worrying and provides lots of questions. So mm-hmm. it is a very real question that we're asking, and it's not something that should be taken lightly. I totally expect this team to, you know, I have faith that this team's brotherhood may turn it around, you know, and the fact that there are so many high-level players, we can see right. way though, and two, but – you can't tell me that after those last two games, you're not questioning some things. Oh, it, it's 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 worth questioning and it's worrying. Um, I agree with you that I I have faith in in this team being able to pull together. I and, and you know, ultimately have faith in high level talent. I think high level talent has bailed this team out in the past. Um, you know, think about those the Mexico Nations League games, Gold Cup games. Uh, I mean, that was high level talent bailing us out, and. And there is something to that, and, and it is a reason to be positive, but I agree with you. There, there's there's some cause for concern here, and I think it's finally something that's being recognized by a lot of folks um, you know, within the U.S. sphere that, that maybe we're, we're hesitant to, to try to acknowledge these problems beforehand. Um, look, I don't know why. I don't know the exact reason that, that players come back and, you know, perform to only a fraction of the level that they're capable with. But what I do know is that you cannot run the national team like a club team. And it seems that oftentimes Greg Bearhalter is trying to run this national team like a club. And that's simply, you can't do that. You can't design. You, you don't have the, the luxury with a national team that you do at a club team to be able to hand choose the players that you want. And so the best national team managers aren't the ones necessarily with the best system or the best tactics, but the ones who best understand their player pool and can get the best out of their player pool. And that to me, I think is, is, is something that we just simply have not seen this cycle. Not, not once have I, have I really left watching a U.S. game against high-level opposition and, and really thought to myself, maybe, maybe the game against Mexico, the, um, the two nil world cup qualifying win, maybe that game was one where I, I, I watched this and said, this is, this is, we just got the best out of this player pool. But I, I think that was maybe the only time. And it's a rarity. It feels like now. You didn't, you didn't walk away. Um, after Granada. I, uh, I mean, yeah. Top, top 200 nation in the world. Granada. You're right. Correct. You're correct. So they're in the top, Two thirds of nations. There are three hundred countries, so you know they're better than another hundred and fifty. I think they're ranked higher than uh, Myanmar, and I mm-hmm. also think mm-hmm. they're ranked higher than than um, Madagascar as well. So give them credit. Okay, give them credit. They they know their level. Yeah, yeah, no, but and I think I think look the bigger issue is that like you can't the the player pool is set for you for better or for worse. And as of right now, I mean, the player pool is is not nearly as limited as it's been in the past. And it's certainly ever growing and ever expanding. And there's a lot of, of you know, hope for the future. But as of now, the player pool isn't as expansive as France or Brazil 
for these top, top level nations. So you can't hand pick and choose based on a system. hundred percent. And, you know, I've said this to you and, you know, I've said this on here before, you know, the way he runs his, his, the club, not the club. I almost said the club. I feel like it's run the club. Um, the way he runs the national team in terms of, you know, that club mindset and bringing his system and his entire ideologies in. I mean, thank goodness he's, you know, backed off a tiny bit and we don't have an entirely Tyler Adams at right back inverted situation. God bless, you know, okay. It has, it has bettered since it started, but in, it's still the mentality of like not maybe putting these players in the best positions for them and more trying to put your system onto them. And a lot of players still having trouble with that. And that is the worst part. It's too late now. The system's going to have to go. All right. This system, system Burhalter will have to be played in Qatar. It, it's too late now. Um, I don't know if you want to say anything else about this, but I wanted to transition this into, yes, like you just said, it's fun like a club. You have all these national team players. And with the national team, there probably should be more people getting shots at, um, to or an opportunity is what I mean. And so I'd love to maybe transition to this summer and who, you know, did we miss out on potentially – seeing because of him liking certain players that fit his system who who you know we talked a lot about in the spring players we wanted to see have an opportunity this summer and this fall and a lot of players weren't given that opportunity mainly maybe maybe because they weren't performing just yet or whatever or to his level but also because he wanted players that already knew and fit his system and there were a few trialists but i felt like throughout the summer and whatnot there could have been more um, and to see the team performing you know, poorly like this still, it's like, oh, maybe, maybe we could have tried out some of those guys. So I'd love to hear kind of, you know, who we thought or think could have been there a little bit more and had an opportunity this summer, because I know we talked a lot about it in this room. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a great segue. Um, and and I, I think I'm, I'll go and list off a couple players for sure, but I do want to say that I think these two topics do go hand in hand because it comes down to kind of like you alluded to, the prioritizing the system over the player pool. I think that the the talent level between the players that, you know, are in and around this team right now and the players that I think we're, you and I are going to mention, the talent level and the drop-off, per se, is either non-existent or not worth, you know, not worth not giving them a shot. It's not like... I don't think at least I'm going to, I'm not going to sit here and say that like, Oh yeah. You know, some people who are, are clearly not up to the level should have been given a try because maybe the system's at fault. But I think you could certainly point to, <clears throat> I, I think Jordan P. Falk is someone that you can certainly point to. And I know he got, you know, minutes of a world cup qualifying in a June and everything like that, but a real shot within the team um, is, is I think he's an absolute one you can point to about is is this going to be a case of missing out because of the system? That's a main one for me where, you know, prioritizing the system over a talent like Jordan Peefock is a shame. Um, I think in, again, in terms of a system guy and familiarity with the system, it would have been great to potentially see guys like Alex Mendez, Alan Sonora, potentially get some looks in um, guys that were, were doing really well at club level, but weren't ever really given a shot this past, you know, summer um, because of lack of familiarity with the system. I, I think, you know, the off the, off the top of my head, those are three guys where I think the, the, the system really hurt in a way and who I would have loved to see more of. What about you? I definitely agree with Jordan Peefock. Um I will say another player for me. I mean, I will start off with two players who I thought really took advantage of their summer trials, which were um, Malik Tillman, who came in in May and, you know, has really shown flashes of, you know, being strong. I, you know, at least I'll say, I'll say that. And then Scally would be my other one. Um, there were times that it was tough, you know, think about Uruguay and stuff like that. But I think more or less he showed he could be, you know, a player, and I was happy to see him play in a good amount of games this summer. Not a good amount, but, you know, a few times. Um, but, yeah, in terms of players I wish were there, and I will go back a little bit to World Cup qualifying, flip it for, uh, for from you to Jordan, is someone like Georgie Mohanovic. Mm -hmm. You know, 
thought we really missed uh, an opportunity to to see what he could do with the national team. I mean, you see him now back with Montreal right before the playoffs. He's balling last weekend. Have I think what, a goal and an assist for Montreal against Miami. Mm-hmm. Yep. And going to AZ Almacar in the winter, someone who I would have loved to have seen, you know, potentially. It's unfortunate, you know, obviously with June, but. I'm just stating it because there was more opportunities than just June. There was sure, there was sure. September and there was World Cup qualifying. Sure, and um, I think yeah, the injury probably came at the worst time for for Georgi Mihailovic. But like you said, there were opportunities prior to that. 100 percent agree. And I and I echo Alex Mendez for sure. Um, when you think about maybe someone, this is a reach, but you know, someone like Tim Ream. You know, when we when we had center back questions here in, in September, to not even you know consider potentially someone like that at that level i don't care about age i don't care about prehistory i care about right now so you know for me someone like him for sure you think about the likes of vasquez other people you know some people mixed opinions on him but you know were there opportunities to give him a shot and see what what we could do potentially for sure Mm -hmm. and none of them were taken um so i you know you think about some things like that for sure anyone else kind of on your radar that you want to talk about i think the obvious is is john brooks to a degree as well um you know, I for sure. I, it's not necessarily a lack of giving opportunities. I I think that, you know, look by this summer, it was well and truly clear that that John Brooks was not, uh, was not going to be involved with the national team. And that, to me, I think the case of John Brooks, to me, is is one of the clearest examples of the system. The system that, that, you know, even you and I haven't been able to properly label half the time. That this system taking priority over players and over talent. Uh, we heard time and again. And, and again, I, I don't know that, that this is exactly why with John Brooks. Because, uh, you know, we've heard different things at different times. But, but the, the main reason we heard for John Brooks continuing to be out of the team after he was initially dropped was the system. John Brooks doesn't fit the system. We now just heard it again with Jordan Peefock. Jordan Peefock, not sure if he fits the system. Tim Ream doesn't fit the system. You, you look at probably your, your two center backs playing right now at the highest level of the game. In John Brooks and Tim Ream. And John Brooks, not now, but I think when when you when John Brooks was initially dropped for a little bit, I mean, you had probably your 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 best center back playing at the highest level, week in week out for a potentially top four Bundesliga side. Can't get a look in the team. You as a coach can't figure out how to work him into your team because of the system. I mean, that to me is 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 just not how national teams are run. Could you imagine Didier Deschamps? changing his tactics a little bit and, and leaving Kareem Benzema or leaving Kylian Mbappe out of the team because they didn't fit the system. That's not how it works. I mean, I think Kylian Mbappe wants to switch national teams too. Um, not probably at this point, but. <laughs> but you see my point. You see my point though. 100%. 100%. You know, the fact to just, to, to not have the ability to, use players that are there in your pool or who are performing at high levels and bring that into your team is is so poor and to not even think that you can do it it's one thing to call them up and and struggle to do so it's another to be like i'm just you know this person can't fit my system you know, this person will, will will not fit my system right. sorry it won't happen you still you know there are other people who got shots maybe you know i i bet he thinks like that a little bit about haji i bet he thinks that way a little bit about you know potentially vines after this last camp or Eric Palmer Brown, you know, I, I sense that he may think some of these things about those players as well. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's a very an- annoying kind of mindset to have uh, as a fan to see players performing and not have them come back. And, yeah, we were mm-hmm. talking about some, some players who, you know, we wish came in the summer, but you know, Brooks is a huge example. Obviously now you know, things are different, but could things have been different had he been playing for the national team? Yeah. Could other, you know, I'm not to say that it would have. Who knows exactly? People talked about contract demands and whatnot, but you know, I would hate to think that if the guy wasn't playing for the national team all throughout World Cup qualifying and in May and June, 
that more teams wouldn't have been able, you know, on the look for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I think this isn't to say, right, that like a coach can't have, you know, some certain play styles or characteristics that they prefer. I mean, that's it. Also, you can't go into it to a game, you know, completely freebieing it. And, and I get that from a Greg Bearhalter perspective, but like you just said, to not even try. I can excuse, I can excuse, you know, and, and I'm not excused, but I can understand a coach you know, struggling to, to figure out the system that, that would get the best out of, out of the player pool. Right. I mean, that's, that's what, that's the difficulty of being a national team coach. That's why there are high level national team coaches and, and coaches that struggle most of the time. I can understand not really, I, I can understand struggling to get the best out of a player pool, but it, it often feels like, Greg is not trying to get the best out of the player pool, but rather trying to get the player pool to best perform his system. Yeah, you, you, we're 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 beating the dead dead we horse are. right now. We are, we are. Um, this this point is is very prevalent. So, you know, is is there anything about this topic in relation to you know why our players don't perform well with the team and who maybe missed out that you know you really want to mention anything like? else that we miss trying to think not particularly i mean i i I think maybe we can as as a follow-up you know to to players who potentially missed out i mean ike started to say players that that kind of did take their shot um this summer and and that's going a bit away from the system conversation but i think you know players who have really solidified a spot this summer is, is potentially a more positive place to end um you know because as we as we look now towards about a month to the world cup i think the roster seems to be pretty set so far, but I think there are some guys that, that you said too that really have, have made that jump um, and, and seem to to properly understand the system and figure it out. I think you, you hit the nail on the head for me, especially with Joe Scali. Um, I, I think Joe Scali is one of the few people that can come out of this camp uh, with their head held high and, and really, really kind of solidifying a, a role at some point with this national team. Um, I think the other one is Matt Turner. Matt Turner for me just really solidified a spot, um, and and you know was given the chance this summer. For me, it's going to be hard to see him relinquishing the number one spot in Qatar if he keeps it up. And this is after you know recent strong performances now for Arsenal, you know which is what we all wanted to see. Uh, for sure, Matt Turner has taken his opportunity with open arms. Malik Tillman, yes, you know, for sure. I, I wouldn't say it's, I, I mean, I even said he has done well, but, you know, not maybe not at the level I wanted him to be. And also there was some injuries there for like a game he was supposed to be ready to go for. So wasn't the, you know, the most perfect for him. Uh, saying Malik Tillman made me, made me think back to also James Sands was somebody who didn't get a look. Um, forgot to mention him, obviously. But other players who took their opportunities, I would say that Cameron Carter Vickers. Uh, took his opportunities earlier in the summer in those Nations League games. I think he is somebody who took his opportunity. Um, and someone who's continued to perform well at the club level as well. Right? I just yeah. wanted to jump in there, yeah. Like No, no, yeah. Uh, they And they have continued to perform well at the club level even as well. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other people, you know. Somewhat, you know I'm trying to think. And I, I would say earlier in the summer, um, Brendan Aronson. Really, really kind of did jump at an opportunity there for a little bit. Um, it's tough, right? Because we're coming, I think, off this off this really sour tasting last camp. Um, and, you know, so to look back to maybe earlier in the summer where things were a little bit better. Uh, I, I think Brendan Aronson is somebody who has really kind of solidified a role with, an import, again, an important role within this team. Um, you know, whether that's starting 11, whether that's roll off the bench, whether that's, you know, within a certain tactical setup against a certain type of 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 team, I, I don't know. Um, but I think he, I think he has done, done enough with this national team to carve out a niche for himself and a seat on that plane. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he rates, you know, the performances of, or how important these players will be like Mark McKenzie, um, as well as you know, Johnny Cardosa getting a call up in this last camp, players like that. How much does he actually rate these players? It'll be interesting to see, what he does with the winger position in terms of calling up two twins in Ariola and Morris. Um, 
and you know potentially using that spot elsewhere. So, I mean, did you think Mark McKenzie kind of took his opportunity? You know, some there were bad moments, but I thought there was also some good moments. Would you even call it enough of an opportunity? Or... Yeah, it's a tough one because I I think the second point of your question there's a little is is the key, right? I I don't know if he was given a real opportunity. Um, I thought, yeah, look, Mark McKenzie was was far from the the worst player on the pitch and and either of his two feature appearances this past camp. I mean, I thought there were, like you said, moments where he, he actually did quite well. Um, it's just, it's a struggle for me to see how with the the players ahead of Mark McKenzie, um, not only that, that seemed to be rated by Greg, but that, that you know, personally, I, I also rate above Mark McKenzie. It's, it's a struggle for me to maybe see where he fits in um, to the national team setup from a depth perspective. But I think he certainly made his case, and, and I think he what he's done, you know, both with the national team this summer the, in, the, in the brief cameo appearances as well as uh, in Belgium this year, um, I think he has, has done enough to keep himself on the radar. And, you know, you never know with injuries, um, to, with injuries to key players, if, 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 if he, you know, that could be certainly something that we see in Qatar. So I would say, yeah, from that perspective, Mark McKenzie can, can potentially come out of this camp as a, win- as a winner. Um, yeah, yeah, for staying on the radar for sure. For staying on the radar, definitely, definitely. I would say you know similar for um, a, a similar thing can be said for Johnny Cardoso. I think as well. I I, I mean he brief briefer, more brief, more brief, yeah, more brief uh, appearances than than Mark McKenzie, but certainly somebody who I think you know was able to 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 show that they could be an option going forward. Um, and, you know, maybe in, in drastic cases of injury and everything like that, but yeah, it's tough. I, I, I think, Oh, go for it. No, I was just going to say, I was going to jump to a more positive real thing, you know, just talking about players. I don't know why it just came to my mind, but you know, obviously it's tough for these players that you're talking about to, you know, they had a small opportunity, Mark McKenzie and Cardoza. So it, it is tough to really rate them. Um, especially if players in their position are healthy and informed above them. But somebody I wanted to talk about, you know, just kind of moving on and just attacking was um, someone who I think is really important to us and I was just wanted to mention how happy I was to see him back today was Giovanni Reina. Um, I think we've talked about it many, many times. I almost think that his his form could change the team completely. Like him alone could change the form completely. So, um you know, talk about all these, all these negatives and all these potential opportunities taken. Feel like almost if that man's healthy, a lot of things change. Absolutely, and and I think there's so much of of our success at the World Cup uh, is going to come off of how successfully this team is able to get Giovanni Reina in dangerous positions in the final third. Part of me thinks I think defensively this team will be fine. Like you, you kind of alluded to earlier that the question marks are going to be over creating chances and and. Completely agree. Giorena is is somebody that is 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 crucial to that. If we can get Giorena, Greg Browther can figure out how to get Giorena on the ball in the final third in dangerous places. I mean, the U.S. could could really you know make some waves. I think there's there's enough talent around there and to be able to to support Gio. Um, yeah, big winner, big winner, and massive for the U.S. To, to have him fit and firing. Yeah, sorry, I had to chime in and just mention that. No, 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 no. I, I, I completely. You're, I mean, you're, you're spot on with that. I mean, somebody who's brilliant to see back this summer. I think it's the biggest positive. Uh, biggest positive of the summer for me is, is Gio ran up back. <laughs> I mean, he's back and then he's gone and then he's back and then he's gone. Is he really back? He's back. He's back. We, I, if we can figure out, I will donate my hamstrings to Gio Reyna. That's what people are saying. He's got a number of hamstrings out there. We should a doctor that can do the procedure. I don't know. I just get the vibe that like he's a player who's young, growing into his body, and there's just injuries are hitting him right now. And you know, I re- I come the time that he's twenty three, twenty four, he- he's gonna be an absolute baller who just kind of went through a tough phase there. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is injuries kill him, and he's never the same. But I just that's not the way I think about his potential. I I see him getting over this injury phase and just being star studded. 
I uh, yeah, I I really hope that's the way it goes because I think in terms of raw talent, Gio Reyna, um, maybe maybe the most talented player that the U.S. has ever produced in terms of you know raw talent. There, I I don't think that's an exaggeration. He has a nasty body, thing. Nasty dribbling skills. Out of it's not e- sometimes it's not even touching the ball. It's just like left, right, like bo- literally body fakes and like fa- leg fakes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The the ball just keeps on going. I I took four touches but did seventeen body fakes and got right. past five players. Exactly. Is he so good with that? But well, if anything, Samir, it will be a a fascinating couple of months um, until the World Cup because hopefully you know, regardless of whether or not our guys are, are able to translate their current form to the national team uh, or past form to the national team. The ultimate positive, I think, to take away from this is that we've got guys performing well for their teams at high levels. And that, that's the ultimate positive to take away from here. And, and hopefully that keeps it up to the World Cup and beyond. And I think you're going to see only more and more of that as this program continues to grow. Yeah, I will say, um, have you ever thought of the idea that maybe maybe it's not Greg Berhalter's problem with John Brooks and it's maybe someone like above, like Brian McBride or Ernie Stewart or someone like that? Who knows? Maybe, maybe, I mean, Greg, maybe Greg's just filling in for them. Yeah, you say that as if, you know, they're not all just the same kind of individual person, individual mindset. Sorry, just came to my mind, food for thought. I like um, it. But but no, yeah. So happy to see the club performances. Hopefully everyone continues to perform. Really excited to see if maybe Luca can get some more here. Um Eunice back, Geo back, Christian maybe some more. Josh. Oh my god, I'm loving Josh Sargent right now, I will say. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, it's all good. It's all good right now. It's all good right now and, and hopefully, you know, we can put it together. Uh hopefully we can put it together in November. And and all we can ask for is is quality performances and health up until then. But I think that's going to do it for us today at Over the Bar. Thank you all so much for listening. We will hopefully be back a little bit more regularly now, now that, you know, the Over the Bar team is fit and firing again. We, 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 yeah, took a little, took a little bit off there, but hopefully we'll be back. But, um, Samir, thanks so much for joining me today. Everybody, thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. Ciao.